Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me is my very special guest the shadiest of ladies she's also my movie deja vu co-host and she was on last episode it's shady everyone in case you couldn't guess already (laughs) (laughs) If I'm the shadiest of ladies, does that make you the johnniest of lords? I don't know what that means, but it kind of sounds dirty. It is dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Shady, how are you? I'm great. (laughs) Sorry, that was a very ill-timed sip of my drink there. uh, We're here to talk about Galavant season uh, Mm. two obviously (laughs) the only other one they had the only other one that they had you're you are correct madam milady i should say since we're gallivant in gallivant time in 13th century or whatever they give a year at one point it's like 1256 or something oh really i don't yeah it's like it's like a throwaway line they like mentioned 1250 something or other and and like they clearly mentioned plagues and things like that so it's medieval yeah sure yeah Yeah. it was still created by tan fogelman showrunner for the season i want to say again is dan fogelman i could like last season last episode i could not find who was the showrunner for this season but because it's only 10 episodes yeah i feel like it's him i'm gonna assume any show that has a credited creator but no credited showrunner it's because the creator was the showrunner that makes sense Music and lyrics again by Alan Menken and Glenn Slater coming mm. back for a whole new season. The first episode premiered January 3rd, 2016. Last episode premiered January 31st, 2016. Again, being a placeholder for Once Upon a Time. That show. Uh, <laughs> and also show. Do, and also having two episodes per week. Yeah. Uh, per per time slot. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. They they it, they were fitting a half hour show into a one hour time slot. And for a quick recap, Galavan is driven to only save Isabella to the point where it's tunnel vision and kind of annoying sometimes. Isabella is put under a spell by a new villain named Wormwood and Richard gets the most character growth out of everyone this season. Yeah. He, he's really the main character this season. And it's great. I mean, yeah. I read on IMDb that after a year of not filming, it took Timothy Oz- uh, Amundsen like, some time because he had difficulty recreating the British accent that he did. Mm. Which is like, it makes sense because they probably filmed this in a couple months, maybe two months. Yeah, yeah probably. And then, obviously, they didn't know if they were coming back. And they were! <laughs> <laughs> so, so they had another year to figure out to, like, do it. And probably, again, they filmed for two months. So, like, for ten months, he probably was just, like, doing other things. and Right. Wasn't and you, you get 
yeah, you get out of practice and then you're like, okay, so I'll relearn the accent. But like, it might sound different the next time you learn it because British accents have a lot of variation to them. So you want to make sure that- I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, I've seen My Fair Lady. Um, (laughs) So like, it was probably part of the challenge was making sure that he was using the same one he used before and not like, oh no, I sound a little more, I don't know, Yorkshire now. I, I don't I don't know my British dialects. Yeah, um, to us non-professionals of accents, it's I would say it sounded the same. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it sounded perfectly consistent to me. I feel like though maybe he got a little more confident as a character throughout the, this season because mm-hmm. that's what happens. Because like you know we start where we ended last season where. Gallivant is is tasked to take Richard to his castle and you find out that the castle is not there because the villagers took it down to build a village and create a, create a de- democracy of sorts. Yeah. Very progressive for the Middle Ages. Very progressive. <laughs> very much like 1776 in America. Right, 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 right. By, by the way that they oh, have yeah. the rules. Right, yeah. I wouldn't be allowed to vote like six times over. I don't know if they would like me or not to vote. So mm. I don't know. Are you a witch? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we talked about budget last episode, you know, just our speculations. And I feel like with this season, they had more. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked and not like a noticeable upgrade, but it did seem like There was a little more, I don't want to say quite polished because polishing implies that it's all, you know, shiny and that wouldn't be natural for this look. But yeah, it it feels like they got a little bit more to play around with. Well, I mean, with their, if your first guest of the season is going to be Kylie Minogue. Jesus fucking Christ. Just like shoot me in the face with your money. (laughs) Like play and she plays the queen of the enchanted forest, the gay bar, which is amazing. <laughs> oh, I knew you would love that. <laughs> yeah, they, they do feed people to a bear in a very different way than other. The humor this season also feels tighter. And like, yeah, they're pulling the same gags, but it still feels a little new. Yeah, no, they, they have a lot of uh, fresh um, spins on things. Right. So um, like and, and I think that because there are a lot of characters that come in just for an episode, which helps the dynamic a lot because now you you don't get sick of that character. They never overstay their welcome, but they add a new perspective to the story that you're already watching. Like you have uh later in the season the season, you have Reese Shearsmith playing Neo of Sporin. Like come on. It's it's again, you're repeating the Xanax joke, but like you're upping it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of pimping it out. But like, the gay jokes that they had in that one episode, I thought they were very tasteful. Yeah. Like, they weren't flat out like, ha ha, fag. Right, yeah. <laughs> there, there were a lot of ways that they could have gone real cheap with uh, that whole gag. Right, I mean, and especially, and- especially since one of the last jokes is about how how Richard's quote-unquote uncle (laughs) think that Richard would fit in perfectly at the bar 
Yeah. Seeing that he's more a feminine character. Yeah. And that's where we start with Richard's story this season. And then by the end, he's a fucking badass. Yeah. No, going back to the gay bar real quick. um, I do think it's like really important to note that the joke, the, the ongoing joke with that is not that Richard's father was gay. And that could have been the joke, just like, oh, gays exist. The joke was that Richard never put two and two together. Like, the, like he's the punchline of oh, the joke. Oh, right. Yes, I see he's, what you mean. He's the target. It's not his father who, it turns out, was a, you know, closeted man. Um, it's that Richard never caught on to that. I'm going to say he was sexually free. Because, yeah. like, yeah. I, mean, I, feel, I feel like... Bisexuals exist. I exist. Bisexuals exist. Pansexuals exist. I feel like... Also, historically, at the time, it was sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. I feel like if you wanted to say two people of the same gender wanted to marry, that's where it was like, Argh. right. But if you wanted to fuck somebody, you just fuck them. So as you were saying, this, the main arc, and I have, I have, I have some issues with the storyline in this season. Of whose storyline? Of all of them? or just, just like the, basically the culminating effort of the whole season. I have a lot of story issues with the season on the whole. I love Richard's story, though. Like just, just his through line throughout the season is really great, really perfectly realized. I, I like it. I, th- I think I really like it because, I mean, it's, sim- it's similar to his storyline from season one, but this time it happens naturally. It's not forced upon him right it's also very much the main storyline so a lot of his stuff in the first season we were just kind of seeing the big important moments and we weren't seeing the little moments leading up to that and this time i mean he he is basically the main character this time i i think he gets a lot more screen time than gallivant i wasn't keeping track but it certainly feels like he got way more screen time than gallivant i mean if not it's just like seconds more right yeah how much time do you think actually passed between season one and this season? I think probably a year. I think a year would be a strong guess. It's very interesting how far Valencia and Hortensia are, where last season, obviously, they had a span like episodes of the trio going from... Whatever the first kingdom was called. Whatever the, whatever the kingdom is that, that... It never gets a name. That Gallivant lives in. Yeah. Going to Valencia, obviously it takes time and there's side quests and blah, 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 because it's a hero's journey or whatever it's called. Typical of fantasy and stuff like that. But I feel like with this one, I mean, obviously they have more episodes to fill. It just seems like it's faster, a faster journey for them. Yeah, no, I think the the main plot of the story is definitely maybe a couple weeks right (laughs) i I mean i i think it would be like fair to assume that the time in the show it's in the universe of the show is the time that it took to get from episode to episode in real time so like if they aired over the span of five weeks it was five weeks (laughs) whereas last last season it felt like it could have been months Maybe maybe a year yeah I do think like quite a bit of time had to pass between the season finale of season one and the opening of this one, just because, you know, they've already like established uh, um, Gallivant and King Richard have already established their lives with the pirates at that point. So 
Right. I would think it at, at least a couple months between seasons. And obviously at this point, Gareth, Gareth and Sid don't know what their roles are. Right. So, I mean, that would have taken a couple of months, a couple of days to a month. But yeah. I have another, I do have another question for you. I'm just reminded of it myself. Okay. For another movie, Deja Vu Callback, we did, we did the Brady Bunch versus 21 Jump Street, where we established that you are a fan of the Brady Bunch to the point where it's almost Stan, but not, not, not crazy like yeah yeah what's what's the low the the tier below stan did you appreciate the brady bunch tiling in the song a new season john you know i did (laughs) where sid is alice (laughs) (laughs) makes sense uh because you know (laughs) obviously the like like i like i said earlier the humor is elevated to the point where uh, in season one, they weren't necessarily making directly making fun of Broadway shows or, or Broadway songs or mm-hmm. um, pop songs. I mean, they were, but like it, it was more like this serves a similar function and sounds a little bit similar. But this season, they all of a sudden were just like, "No, we're fully making yes. fun of." This is but, our Lay Miz parody. This is our West Side Story parody. It, it it was at least one song per episode was making fun of some sort of famous Broadway show tune. Yeah. And going back to Kylie Minogue and the Enchanted Forest, that's the first song in the whole series, I think, that doesn't really sound like a Broadway number. It sounds like a disco song, which is appropriate for where that scene is set and what it's trying to say. And super appropriate for the talent available, which was Kylie fucking Minogue. Do you think, though, like, they could have gotten somebody else to play the queen? I mean, obviously, there are other divas that they could have picked from. Yeah. The top of the list being Cher. Oh. Like, could you, just for a second, just imagine Cher in that scene. I would die. (laughs) I would die. I would have died. Um, I do think this is something, too, that might be a little bit of a cultural blind spot for us. I believe Kylie Minogue is like considered like Madonna level gay icon in the UK. Hands down 120%. For like UK viewers having Kylie Minogue in that, I mean, for us having Kylie Minogue in that number is huge. For them, it's like, they got Madonna. (laughs) They got, they got, no, Cher is her own level. I mean, Cher is like, she's, she's the icon. (laughs) <laughs> she's share right a, but also in that episode you have a callback to john stamos which <laughs> we kind of tried not to touch upon last episode but clearly he wasn't there right i i the green screen is so bad that i have to think that they wanted that to be part of the joke that I, I think, clearly we didn't we didn't fly john stamos out this time <laughs> John Stamos was in LA at the time that we filmed this in England so we were like hey girl five seconds go yeah and, and you know he still had to sit in hair and makeup for like three hours to get that goatee just right <laughs> uh, and then you know they they have other things this season where there's uh, a joke about cell phones slash Skype talking about brown farts or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah 
Um, yeah, that that was one of the jokes that uh, falls a little flat to me. Yeah, it was just I was like, I get it. I get the reference. Mm-hmm. It's a little dated. I, I think also they tease it out a little too long and then they also make it a major plot point that didn't even need to exist in the first place. No, but I did love the introduction of magic this season. Yeah. That was very interesting and 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 it made it a little more fantastical. Yeah. Because like last season we only were told about things. So like this season we got a unicorn, which I'm still questioning if it was real or not. <laughs> no, it I mean, looks great. It looked it looked what? It looks great. I've seen a lot of TV unicorns that looked not great before. I felt like I could I could have sworn that there was like obviously they stuck a horn on a, on a white horse Duh. yeah but i feel like there are some scenes where it looked super fake like it looked like what it is not mm. not like a quote-unquote realistic okay yeah i i might not have been paying as much attention during those scenes i don't know i could also be wrong but then we get tad cooper which is I super believe in you, Tad Cooper. <laughs> Which is a <laughs> dragon. Yeah, that it's Richard gets being the bumbling idiot that he is. Right. He he trades a priceless jewel uh, from the country of Valencia for a dragon, and it it's... turns out it's like a bearded dragon, like the little lizard that sits in your hand. It seems like. I don't know if they meant it to be, but now that we're talking about it, it's very much Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. I don't know if they meant it to be an exact reference to that. Yeah, no, I mean, this does, like, this whole show obviously pulls a lot from specific fairy tales and stuff, but that is, like, Jack and the Beanstalk being the most popular example. There are, you know, quite a few fairy tales that use the trope of somebody being tricked into trading for something that's worthless which or that they think is worthless which is interesting because that episode is called giants versus dwarves where we were promised that we're going to see giants and dwarves and it just turns out that everyone's the same height (laughs) yeah it's just a bunch of average heighted men half of them call themselves giants but very small giants and half of them can call themselves dwarves but very tall dwarves Where it it works great because Gallivant and Richard are at are butting heads at that point. Yeah. And they use the giants versus dwarves as a backdrop to that plot point. Yeah. Which worked out great. I mean, if you need to solve <laughs> if you if you need to solve characters like at odds with each other in a fantasy setting kudos chef's kiss like yeah no that's one of those things that the joke is so stupid that it wraps back around to like clever like it's 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 real. it's a stupid joke but it's done so cleverly again and and it's again not the joke that we not the easy joke like with the gay bar right (laughs) that the fact that his his dad richard's dad was gay it's the fact that (laughs) they needed they they needed to fix a bridge that clearly they could easily fix like yeah yeah and, and i i love because at that point roberta has joined has joined their little group 
And she's just the one who's like, are you fucking kidding me? You're all the same height. Fix the fucking bridge. Which, Roberta, reminds me a little of you. Not gonna lie. Oh, I'm going to take that as a compliment. Meant as one. Because she's there there to be like, I'm down-to-earth strong woman who understands who's thrown into this crazy universe with you guys right (laughs) i do appreciate because it's so easy when you have some sort of ensemble comedy piece it's so with like one woman who stands out as like the strong you know um clear-minded woman it's so easy to make her the just the straight man who never gets anything fun to do i like that they still make her kind of a dweeb like she's still awkward and does like weird or saying something goofy. Like she still gets to be funny. Like she was going to go to the Isle of Spinster in the last episode. Right. Or like, like they'll write in line like reactions for her where she gets to like make a goofy face. Uh, on some level, she's as immature as King Richard as well. I feel like they didn't do that with Isabella for season because she was also strong woman in place here Mm -hmm. but like she had her own different quirks and backstory so Mm -hmm. I feel like they were able to like you said make her give her her own time to breathe and to shine and to give her her own character yeah I I find this issue a lot in um you know all kinds of comedy tv theater movies whatever where especially in a cast that's a little lopsided where there are more men than women. I feel like a lot of writers are scared to make the women foolish because that's, I don't know, I guess they think they're not writing a good female character if they do that. So instead what they do is they make them the straight man, but then they become the boring character. So you're actually not writing an interesting female character at all. An example that I would use to some degree is like in the first couple Avengers movies when Black Widow was the only female Avenger and she had a personality and everything but she got the least amount of like funny stuff because I think they were worried about making her look incompetent. I like that this show is not afraid of having competent female characters who are still goofy and have their moments of like stupidity and on top of that at least in this season three central female characters for if you want to include Gwyn who are strong in their own ways and competent in their own ways but have wildly different personalities and different ways of being funny I want to add a fifth one so so you, obviously you're you're doing Roberta uh, Isabella. Isabella and Magdalena yeah then you have Gwyn who's still her own crazy nut job yeah. but then you also have Isabella's mom that's true. I, I Another thing I love about this season is that both of her parents get much bigger parts. Yeah. A yeah, lot yeah. more to do. And they're very funny. Oh my God. I like that they're, that they're now a different stereotype where it's cheap dad and busy mom who, or bossy mom who wants, who just wants her daughter to be married mm-hmm. or, or shrill mother, I should say. But yeah. then they switch the head later on where at the end of the season, series i can say that because this is the end of the series they're fighting on the battlefield and it's fucking hilarious like (laughs) so obviously this is a show that um is not as i said last episode their main concern is not the action whatsoever um i think and there are still parts of this season where i'm like 
Well, if you didn't really want to choreograph a good action scene, you could have just not had it or done something else instead. Um, but I do think their way of getting around having an epic battle scene was just not giving one of the armies actual weapons. <laughs> yes. So that we could not rely so much on the battle in that episode. I mean, obviously we rely on it later when reinforcements come in, but... But then they also make the joke about like, why are we putting helmets on? Aren't we doing our own stunts? <laughs> and then you also have a fight between Isabella and Ma- uh, Madalena, which felt the most choreographed out of all I'd- of them. It felt the most choreographed, but I also, I still, I'm not a fan of it because it's also the most heavily quick cut edited so that you don't notice how lacking it is in the choreo. I mean, some of it is because obviously they were using stunt women for a portion of it, but it's one of those things where you never see a blow land because every time a blow lands, that's when we cut to a different angle. So you don't have to worry about how not realistic this fight looks i mean were they stunt women a, a lot person? of it was a lot of it had to have been uh mallory jansen and karen david a lot of it really did because yeah. it, it doesn't go too wide out which again i think is another layer of humor that they've put on the show they know it's ridiculous they know they don't really have the budget for it mm-hmm. so they're like let's make it crazy looking <laughs> But then, like I said in the recap, we get Wormwood. He comes in pretty early on. Hold on. Let me find him. I think the first episode. Maybe the second. No, third episode. Chester Wormwood. I thought it was earlier than that, but I don't know. Again, I watch these in quick succession. All of the episodes kind of blend at a point. The first episode was like catching up on everything. The second episode was the bad cell reception ah the driving force the third episode is introduction to chester wormwood who is a wedding planner with an ulterior motive (laughs) (laughs) but he does take the wedding planning very seriously very seriously and then he (laughs) he has a um how do i want to say this nicely um a dim assistant (laughs) named Mm. barry yeah yeah he's not really stupid he's just a little slow on the uptake they get into like who's on first kind of comedy that with with their whole the plan and the plot and yeah one is the wedding plan the other one is their evil ulterior motive plot and they're not sure which one's which so it like that running gag was hilarious yeah (laughs) and and it was very effective too like like that like that just it just works and then he introduces Dudu to Dudu. Madalena, which then brings about a bunch of Dudu jokes. That, I will say, was one of those gags that at a certain point I was like, all right, cut it out. And then they kept doing it until I thought it was funny again. <laughs> that brings in more magic. And now this time it's dark magic. Dark 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 evil way oh sorry it's not just dark it's dark dark it's dark dark did you is dark dark <laughs> do the did you but like in that episode also you have the zombie army which which they sing the song finally in that episode which is summer loving and it yeah. just fucking blew my mind away because <laughs> you have roberta and richard richard finally has sex 
By the way, he was a virgin this whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he and Roberta have sex, and the zombies grunt as the ensemble instead of being like, tell me more, tell me more, they go, <laughs> It's so good. Also, I do really appreciate that King Richard has committed actual genocide before. He kidnapped a woman and forced her into marriage, but he won't go so far as to rape somebody. And I appreciate it. So he and uh, Gallivant ha- share toxic masculinity but it, it's a joke of the, mm-hmm. of the time period as well as the time of filming it in 2015 where we find this out during Secret Mission, right? Yeah, we've, uh, last season in Secret Mission, we find yeah. out that Richard is a virgin, which plays into a, a, the, a whole gag this season, especially with the unicorn. Yeah. And... He's forced to save Gallivant's life after Gallivant gets stabbed by Sid. God, there's just so much that happens that, like, I'm so happy we are not recapping everything and <laughs> just talking about our <laughs> thoughts and feelings and bouncing around. Yeah. This is also a great example of um, a type of story that can really benefit from being a musical because you can run through plot points through song. Right. And you can run through exposition through song, which you know, we talked a little bit about in the last episode about how quickly we get the backstory for Gallivant and can just stick him into the story now. Right. I mean, uh, this season, they don't slap you in the face like they did last season with a song. It takes a minute. But like, they uh, make a joke about singing Gallivant from first season one. (laughs) And it's like, no, we need a new one. And so they go into the song on new season. It's a new season. Da, 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 da. It's great. Again, old school Broadway style. And and then, I, I think this song is even catchier than the Gallivant song. Ooh. That, that's, that's my hot take. That's the one that's been stuck in my head this whole time. Although they don't really repeat it as much as they've repeated the Gallivant's theme song. That's true. Yeah, I guess a, a, a dark reprise, which is called Dark Season. It's the dark season (laughs) and and i i I love the joke that sid is the only one who doesn't get a line and so when he tries to go big at the end of the song they all cut him off (laughs) and he just goes oh come on where was that going oh so another fun moment in this season is the forest of coincidence which this one felt more like Mel Brooks humor yeah. than this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it slapstick because it's not at the benefit of like hurting somebody, but it's that type of humor where it's like, I wish I had this and it magically shows up. And you're- Yeah. I-, I would like to think that to some degree, it's a little bit of a parody of the room of requirement from Harry Potter. Probably. I Only mean, because be we've got Lee Jordan in there as Sydney. Um, it would be, I, I, I just see Harry Potter references where they may or may not exist because Luke Youngblood's in there. And I think they also used more references to Game of Thrones. I have proudly never seen Game of Thrones, so I would not know. I mean, I would know, I, I knew that there was like a White Walker reference at some point in the series, 
what oh no that was the first season where one of the signs points to winterfell yeah they um, they, they make like like we said last episode they make a lot of fantastical references right well, and or, again, well re- yeah and then there's also uh they make fun of the hobbit and lord of the rings and yeah it, uh, it really feels like most of them are directly game of thrones but again it's 2015 2016 game of thrones was the hotness of the moment i mean they make a direct reference to the princess bride this season they do which is amazing because like like they they, they don't it's not necessarily a reference that they do in the first season but like the whole uh, madalena being forced to marry the king is very much buttercup storyline right but i think that was like a common thing in fantasy and if not history (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i i don't want to call that one a direct comparison but like they they talk about being mostly dead and how that's not really a thing and you're like okay i get you now yeah yeah now that that one was very obviously a uh an homage if you will to the princess bride (laughs) Because if we call it an homage, we sound fancy. And if we uh, we finally get Gareth's song, we talked <gasps> about it last episode where I'm happy he didn't have one. Right. And then this season, it makes sense because now Gareth is in love with Madalena. Ooh. And his little realization song. Can I ask? I, I got a. This might be a reference. But, like, why is his song the only one that has subtitles with a bird bouncing on top of it? Is it because it's, like, a Disney reference? Is it a... Yeah, I think it's a little bit of those... Oh, what were those shorts called where they they did that with the Disney songs? I don't know. I think it was partly that. I think maybe... Was it because of his accent as well? Yeah, I was going to say, I think maybe if he was not a trained singer and everyone else was, they could sort of hide their accents a little bit better and and make their voices a little clearer. And maybe he wasn't able to make his voice quite as clear on some of the words. And it's hard for me to tell because we understood everything he was singing because it was written on screen. (laughs) But it was just so random and I couldn't find on... I couldn't find an IMDb that I didn't have it. So I don't know if yeah. it's a reference to something. Because, like, the, uh, there's a song this season that is a reference to the Sherman Brothers, but not necessarily to a specific Sherman Brothers song. Like a pastiche. A pastiche. <laughs> which was Do the Do Do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a dark version of A Spoonful of Sugar yeah 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 that's the one yeah but like no i see what you mean it's not really using a variation of that melody or anything it's just that could be any sherman brothers song really it's not like finally it's it's this is a parody of i wish and oh wait alan menken he wrote little mermaid right yes he makes fun of himself this season he sure does Ah, bazinga! <laughs> Light bulbs. Yeah. With uh, serenade. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if he had fun writing that. You know? Oh, he had to have. Where it's like mm, we have to make fun of kiss the girl, don't we? Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I. I got a real kick out of that. I have to imagine that he 
had a ton of fun writing that. I know we talked about the rules kind of of like the musical numbers. Is that like what's going against what's happening in real life? Like it's a pseudo fantasy number, Mm. but like Gallivant acts as a waiter sort of to them. Cause like he was, he was doing some crazy stuff around them that I was just like, Corio, I get it. But in, in terms of like what's in the quote unquote real world. Right. What is he doing? Right. Somebody should be reacting. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does kind of seem like a lot of that is, yeah, like you said, the sort of imagined heightened version of what he's doing in quote unquote real world. Because, you know, again, they they are meta. They they talk about how they are about to sing or they have they sang a song. Um, mm-hmm. There are also soliloquies, which was the word I was looking for last episode, everyone. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, yeah, the internal monologue, the soliloquy, the turn aside, and then there's like Gallivant recap is a is really happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I fucking first of all, I love that recap. It's truly impressive. <laughs> like I am genuinely impressed that they were able to get it all in that in that ridiculous Gallivant melody that I love. But then the reveal that the jester is actually singing that on the battlefield pre-war <laughs> and both armies give him an ovation <laughs> done i'm done this show is so it's just so good yeah thank you for making me watch it by the way you're welcome i'm glad you liked it i i, I get worried sometimes when i make recommendations no no i mean i feel like this was on my list of things to watch it's just that now i have a reason to watch it right podcasting (laughs) also like like what would this show really have to do wrong for it to not be something you're into (laughs) like it just ticks so many of the boxes and and luckily does it all very very well a fun fact that i saw is that anthony head was supposed to come back but he was tied up in a contract for a play and couldn't oh that makes sense that explains i mean it all you could also argue that um, in terms of the show, he looks younger in the flashback and this guy looks, the one who played him in the present looks older. Mm-hmm. Greg Wise, who's a yeah, theater he's a, actor and he yeah. also does a lot of British, again, British shows. Uh, again, another person, if you have BritBox and you use it, <laughs> you'll recognize a lot of these people. Right. I mean, they had Nick Frost this season, which was another big, and Matt Lucas. Yeah, Matt Lucas. Um, and, it's, and it's funny that Nick Frost plays the character Andre the Giant. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Again, that is obviously a direct reference to The Princess Bride. They had actually two men who were in At World's End, the Nick Frost, Simon Pegg trilogy. The, yeah. The... the what is it like Cornettos and ice cream or something like or Cornettos and beer trilogy? Yeah. Um, I always just heard it the Cornetto trilogy. The Cornetto trilogy? Yeah. So uh, obviously, like I said, Nick Frost plays Andre the Giant and Eddie Marzin plays Death, who was in At World's End. Yep. You see it? You see it now? You did it. You did it. Oh my God. You squared that hole for me. <laughs> circle gets a square uh, yeah, whatever whatever the phrase is that's what you did for me 
How did you feel about the ending of the se- of the series? Um, I think they did a smart thing, which was well, clearly we got lucky that we got a second season, and we're probably not going to get a third one. So let's tie up the loose ends, um, but leave just one open in case in case right. we do have to have season three. We'll have somewhere to go, or a spinoff, or a spinoff. Uh, oh my god, a Madalena spinoff would be amazing. Well, so you have Madalena and then Gareth and Sid going to save her. Right, yeah. Because I, f- I feel like it would have been better as a spinoff than a season three because Galavant's story is done. He found, like, that was the goal from season one for him to find his true love. Right. And though it changed, now he's married with to his true love. Right. And I do think, I'm sure, and it could have been really interesting, I'm sure the plan for him and Isabella would have been to somehow have to have them pulled away from their happy little life together by the seaside and how humble that was and how that was going to be, you know, no more adventures for them. I'm sure it would have been having to pull them out. And I'm sure there would have been many, do something a lot that- of humor about Gallivant being bitter towards Sid for like forcing him out or something like that. But yeah, like you said, his story is over. Let's be real. His story was really over at the end of season one. He's just kind of like, he's had the realization and everything in season one. He just has to actually get to Isabella now, which, you know, I'll I'll talk about this a little bit more later. That's part of the problem I have with the story writing this season is that they're really isn't much reason for Gallivant to be the title character anymore. You're right. But like they committed. <laughs> right. <laughs> that That's the name of the show. I just feel like you, you, you got to find a way to make him have to have something that's not just, he has a physical quest, which is to physically get back to Isabella, but you need to give him an emotional quest like he had in the first season. So I, I do think, you know, a season three, probably would not be about him i think in that one it would be either sid or gareth who emerges as the true hero the way that king richard became the true hero this season can i tell you how i upset i was when in episode i think it was episode four when chef and gwen leave oh yeah i got i got very upset because gwen gwen was like my home girl from first season and she still (laughs) is my home girl this season but like Man, oh man! When they left, I was like, "Don't tell me they ne- they don't come back again." Yeah. And then the way that they come back, I'm just like, "Yes, <laughs> you didn't disappoint." Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Sophie McShara gets a ton of work all the time, so I'm sure she had something else that she had to bow out for a while because this was a late renewal for season two. A lot of actors, when a show is in, like this indecisive phase of whether or not it's going to get a season two right you have to find you gotta you gotta eat so actors will find work elsewhere plus like like i like we guesstimated it was two months of work if that right i mean for a whole year if you if you don't hear anything afterwards you're just like all right i gotta pay my bills somehow right Uh, my agent's getting a little testy so and the show was officially canceled on May 12th, 2016, which unfor- it's unfortunate, but I feel like you could revive it. You could. Or like could you revive said, this spin-off. 
spinoff or in the same world, but call it something different. Right. Like, don't call it after a character. I mean, it's a good name. It's a great name. It makes (laughs) sense. And I'm sick and tired of seeing the red squiggly lines on my Word document (laughs) for it. Because apparently gallivant with one L isn't right. No. You can Uh, gallivant about, but you you do it with two L's. Rude. Uh, Is there anything else before we get into sharp and flat? Oh my goodness, there's so much. There's so much. There's so so much much. to talk about. Sheridan Smith shows up for a number. (sighs) And it's maybe, I want to say it's bad because it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't do her justice. It doesn't do her justice. She's not a character who reappears. And the only plot thing that comes from it is that Isabella's tiara that was brainwashing her falls off and she's no longer brainwashed. And you could have done anything else to make that happen. But she is great in that scene. So I like it. <laughs> I like that song. Um, <laughs> Shaza from the Bridget Jones's books or movies shows up and gets her ears cut off. It's great. Oh, yeah. One of the sisters. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I, I was delighted to see her because I, I don't think I've seen her in anything that's not Bridget Jones. I mean, I know we're toying with Sharps and Flats, but did you think that the eight episode structure worked for, like, should have worked for this season? Like, would have worked for the season better than a 10 episode? I think so. I, I think that there was a lot of uh, just turning wheels without going anywhere this season. Again, still had a great time watching it. Yeah, no, it was delightful. Once again, the characters are fun and the jokes are, are like, like, they work just story-wise there were it just stalled a lot too mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll get into it when we talk flats all right let's get into sharp and flat shall we sharp flat again there's so much to talk about that it's probably going to be all new stuff this time maybe i don't know yeah uh and it, we're going to talk about moments and if we liked them they're sharp and if we hated them or think that they could change it's flat um, I can report now. I don't have any naturals for this episode. Okay. Okay. So it's it's clearly only sharp and flat. Uh, do you have? Bleh. Let's <laughs> let's start that with was your. So attractive. It's one a.m. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's all gonna get cut anyway. Uh, Shady, what are your sharps? Uh, my first sharp is basically the entire storylines for Madalena Gareth. I almost called him Vinny. That's the actor. And King Richard. Very clear through lines. Very logical transition between them. Um, and they obviously have a ton of fun with it because they have a ton of fun with everything in this show. Yeah. And like Mallory Jansen, I don't understand how she's not a huge star. Like, she's got it. She's got it. She should be a huge star. She was, like we talked about, she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, she she was in a Marvel property. Eh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., though. Still a Marvel property. But it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It still has Disney money backing it. Eh. <laughs> no, like, she, like, she should be, like, 
a rom-com actress or something like we need to shoot her up to like kate hudson early 2000s level stardom that's what i think i think she's fantastic she can sing she can dance she's gorgeous and she's super fucking funny like she's so funny i guess this is uh just me saying that my overall sharp for the entire series is um mallory jansen being a beautiful gazelle of a human with the voice of an angel she was great. She was a revelation. I already loved Vinnie Jones and Timothy Amundsen before watching this show. She was right. the revelation to, for me. Still Gwen, too. Like. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Sophie McShara, again, somebody else whose work I was familiar with before this show. But this is like, she, I, she deserves a spinoff. I, I don't know her, her work, but like, I live action cinderella she was one of the stepsisters which one the one with the sorry sorry, the one with lily james and kate blanchett still haven't seen it and i'm okay with that oh okay Um, i think it's one of the better ones i mean i know you were talking about character growth with the um the other three but like gwen doesn't need character growth and i'm okay with that yeah no she's a role like that where you are just a side character you don't need development necessarily i just want more songs for her right and she and she's great i I really love the guy who plays the chef too you know so much that i didn't learn his name so neither did i but they worked very well together yeah and Uh, it really made sense is like like i felt like romantic tension between them too like like it just made sense to actually see them together I again love the meta-ness of this of uh, of the whole series. It's, yeah. it's just so funny, especially more again the the modern humor with the uh, back in the time period. For example, and this is what I wrote down: Richard getting a speeding ticket while on horseback. Like I pissed my pants laughing at that. I'm I, not gonna lie. It's a good joke, but it's really sealed when he actually looks at it to see like the price, and he's like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> yeah, that, that whole the whole segment is just yeah. hilarious. Yeah, um, we were talking about Roberta earlier and how like they made her quirky. I loved her part in the song "A Dark Season," where the camera starts moving away, and she's like, <laughs> "No, I'm not done. I'm not done." I'm singing bar. <laughs> <laughs> It was so funny. Um, and then a few shout out again, a few shout out of the um, songs, a new season. Uh, the whole thing is obviously great. Uh, Off with his shirt, Kylie Minogue. Come on, you can get it. As good as it gets. That's Gwen and the chef, isn't it? Because that's when they're talking about how their lives got better because now they have the classier yes. type of bed bug. Chef, yep, Shen sings a song about it where he's like, hey, we, our lives are better. Yeah. Um, they still suck, the poor people. The song Dwarves versus Giants, because it's cool. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, like, literally, boy, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, cool and it's cool. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh. The song Finally... Which is which was summer loving? Yeah. Um, Will my day ever come? Which is the flat? Um, it's the flashback. There's the flashback that ha- Oh yeah, the flashback with mm. Richard's flashback. Right, right, right. And then season two finale. Like 
You wrap everything up. You bring back Weird Al. Fucking A. Love it. I love it. Uh, do you have any yeah. more sharps? Oh, my goodness. Uh, there are so again, it's many. A, again, it's a banger of a season. I feel like a lot of like the, my favorite parts we already talked about. Like Again, Sheridan Smith as Princess Jubilee, Kylie Minogue, and that whole sequence um yeah which is so funny meeting uncle keith was great man i'm trying to think of something we did not bring up because like the whole season is fantastic yeah Uh, another great moment is when isabella is giving the speech to the army and uh she keeps saying stuff like those of you who wish to turn around are free to do so now because that's more glory for the rest of us um and like her parents just kept saying like she turned it on she turned it around we thought she was going away and she turned it around like it wasn't that funny to me the first time it happened and then the second time it happened i was like that's hilarious that's great Uh, (laughs) the fact that in order to get out of her engagement with her cousin he has she has to give him her bra like yeah come on you this He's an eleven-year-old boy. That oh was my God. that part was written by an eleven-year-old boy, and I appreciate it. Right. Um, I love that the jester was excited to be working for Prince Harry because he hasn't had to write any new material in months. <laughs> I think I, I didn't talk too too much about the jester the last episode, but I really like the jester too. Yeah, I mean, I was reading that when he auditioned, like the creator. Um, Dan Dan Fogelman like really liked him Mm -hmm. um, but the part that he was originally reading for wasn't right so they were like try reading for the jester with like a weird with like an English accent because I think the actor is Scottish oh okay so they basically like (laughs) were getting him or forcing him onto the show without yeah oh now I'm curious what the other part was I wonder if it was Gallivant I didn't really I don't remember what yeah I'm just trying to like think of like which character profile he would fit sid maybe sid or the chef hmm. i don't know i mean he could he could fit any of those profiles really uh <laughs> what are your flats you so said I, you had some yeah, yeah yeah so so i kept alluding to this i think the humor in this season works really well the songs work really well and again three major characters have great through lines throughout the season Unfortunately, our actual hero characters from the first season get paid dust this time around. Yeah. Uh, it's like there really isn't much for Gallivant to do um, except just help keep moving the plot forward and, and keep helping Richard's development further. Well, um, he, he has the same storyline from season one. Right, but it's not, it doesn't even feel like he's the one motivating it anymore. It feels like it's Richard's story now and Galavant's the sidekick. True, true, true. Um, and we don't get as much of the humor. And to some degree, it's because he's developed past it. Um, but I would have liked to have seen more of him unlearning how to be such a jerk ass all the time. Because I think that element worked really well in the first season. And we just don't have as much of it here. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. You're right. Now that I'm thinking about it, because you had that one episode in season one where I don't remember, I don't remember which episode it was, like what the name was, but when you go to Sid's 
hometown where he learns like how much of an asshole he is yeah and how mistreated all of the squires are he kind of learned and kind of treats Sid as an equal from then on but then in season two he goes back right doing what he was and again it's like I said it's the same storyline where it's just a different woman I have to go save blah Right. And, and I think like even um, I love the episode, like I love the whole sequence where he's dead and is speaking like death has a whole number. <laughs> and one of the jokes in that number is that he doesn't actually have enough friends to help fill out the song. So they're just picking random people off the street to say like goodbye to him because uh, it's, you know, running through all of the people close to him and their final goodbyes. And that joke, I think, would have been a lot stronger if we still had that element in this season leading up to it of how much of a self-centered asshat he is. And then Isabella spends, you know, I think they just didn't really know what to do with her, but she just kind of spends half the season in captivity and half of that portion brainwashed. And then the second half, she finally gets to lead an army and everything, but it feels like there's not that much focus on her. And then Sid, it's almost the opposite. Like there's almost no focus on Sid at all, except to add commentary to Madalena and Gareth's whole deal. <laughs> and and, he te- and teaching the bro code and things like that. <laughs> right. And he doesn't really get his own story until he accidentally kills Gallivant and now has to work for his redemption. It just feels like they didn't really know what to do with those three characters. They thought that they'd had everything tied up for them except for the actual happy ending part at the end of season one. So they were like, all right, we just won't really do much with them. Like, I I wish, I think these writers are smart enough that they could have come up with a really good story for each of them if they... Maybe they were rushed? I mean, they might have been. I think a large part of it is they were just really, really focused on and really wanted to invest a lot in Richard and Madalena, which, fair, those are really good stories. Um, it just feels like, well, the show is called Gallivant. Gallivant should maybe have a little more to do. Again, same thing about last season with the goddamn uh, outlines. <laughs> Songs were cut from, a, from all lists online, and I'm pissed about that. I want all of the song titles, and I don't want to guess it for myself. I also, as a flat, all the special guest stars and new characters were white folks as much as i kind of applauded them for having some non-white people in the main mm-hmm. cast i feel like you could have had more right and it's i don't think it helps you know like i said about the writing and how they sort of let some of the characters not do anything for half the season that it was the two people of color yeah but they kind of wrote more for the parents which they did they did I, I do love that they like brought the gave the parents a much not even like meatier because it's not they're it's not, not yeah they're, it's they're not, not meaty they just get to pop up more and be more of like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern yes <laughs> bring uh, it back to you, Shakespeare bring it bring it back bring, bring, bring it back <laughs> I don't know if that's also if that's just because um, like we said the conversation is now different. Who knows? Maybe in the spinoff series that's going to be on Hulu, huh? 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 
will it into right. existence? What's Joshua Sass doing right now? Fucking nothing. He could be Galavant again. Mm, I don't want. I don't want Galavant back. I want. Okay. I want either Mad- the Madalena story that they set up, or yeah. a whole new thing. Mm. I mean, if they're gonna do Galavant, maybe do the pre like a prequel. Because like I don't want to fuck up that happy ending that they gave that they set up for that yeah and that, like i know that that's sometimes a trope in fairy tales where it's like the happy ending isn't really happy ha 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 suck it but <laughs> it tied it up nicely for for him and isabella i know yeah. that there were some issues getting there but like don't un- don't fuck it up to right they they did finally end it right just I'm let not, it be let it be right done. and i'm not even mentioning mentioning joshua sass to lead a new gallivant or a revived gallivant but just like he can play gallivant as a side recurring character Ooh, in the like madalena yeah 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 well what's mallory jansen doing these days get her back as madalena what's Vinny? i mean Vinny jones is probably doing a lot of stuff he's Vinny jones but <laughs> he's probably making something with guy ritchie right now <laughs> <laughs> but, and what's the magnitude but- doing What's Magnitude doing? Who the fuck knows? Um, I mean, he's saying pop, pop somewhere, but. (laughs) Uh, uh, Would you add any of the songs from the season to your life's playlist? Ooh, you know, it's got to be off with his shirt. You just know it's got to be. When you say, when you see, when you see a a good hunk of man off with his shirt, (laughs) feed him to the bear. I I wussed out and wrote all of them. (laughs) Because you know, they're all so they were, good. Th- a a lot of the humor derived from the lyrics this season, yeah. and yeah. I'm okay with that. Glenn Slater is a great lyricist. You know, let him write the jokes. He can obviously do it. I'm I'm glad that like they let him do it. And like Alan Menken made fun of himself. I don't know if he actually wrote that song. He he's been credited to write the whole season, but like I'm gonna say he wrote that song yeah i mean like we mentioned before a lot of these songs are just kind of reworked arrangements of some of his previous material which again totally allowed to do that you can recycle your own work but i also wonder how many of these songs were like trunk songs that like he never found the right project to pull that out for oh or same goes for glenn slater yeah Like. like Come at us. Come at me. It's a it's that time where we do plugs and promotions. Because plug, we're plug, done with the plug. episode. Shady, do you have anything to plug or promote? Oh, um, I don't really have anything to plug these days except for something you may or may not have heard of. It's called Movie Deja Vu. It's a podcast. Yeah, it's podcast. I, I host that uh, with my co-host, some guy you may have heard of, John. That's me. That's you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Movie Deja Vu. For those of you listening who don't know Movie Deja Vu, uh, John and I, we take movies that are similar in plot or in structure or in whatever whatever odd connection we make between two movies. Sometimes it's very abstract and we don't really know what we're talking about. And I want to emphasize, <laughs> it's us making these choices. It's not... Right. There, is some, <laughs> there were some that we've done that like the internet... Were, was the ones that made the these choices but like a lot of them it's us being like yeah. they seem familiar let's talk about it this movie reminded me of this movie because of just one scene 
See for reference our boyhood versus ladybird episode. I was thinking Spider-Man Shazam. <laughs> well, the boyhood ladybird was mine. Spider-Man yeah. Shazam was yours. Which, yeah. surprisingly, I think we found more similarities with your choice than mine. I think we did too, but it was pretty strong on both ends um, for both of those. It's true. If Glenn Slater and Alan Menken want to come at me about trunk songs or whatever... <laughs> Or, or to talk to me about a um, spinoff, because I have I could I could bullshit some ideas for them. Uh, you all can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. Oh, God, Shady, I forgot to ask you what your personal Twitter was again. Mm, my personal Twitter, where I'm probably, because I forgot to put it in sharps this time, we did get a direct reference to Alan Menken in a joke this season. Oh yeah. Where we flash back to Gallivant's childhood and one little child is named Mankin. <laughs> he's named Mankin and he says that he wants to write a theme song for Gallivant. <laughs> I just I squeal. I love Alan Mankin. Shut up. I love I love I love Hunchback of Notre Dame. Get get out of my face. Um I didn't say anything. I love Hunchback. I I'm talking to myself. Okay. Well, <laughs> Tell, uh, tell yourself what your, your Twitter is. <laughs> My Twitter is at Cookie O'Shady. It's spelled like it sounds. Are you still a butter cookie or are you a different cookie right now? No, now I'm going to be a macaron Ooh. because I'm feeling fancy. You are it's, fancy. I've, I've moved up to the fancier type of bed bugs, just like Gwyn and the chef. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> And if you want to be part of next episode, unfortunately, Shady will be back for a while, according to my schedule. But mm. next episode is Annie, the 2014 movie. <gasps> Specifically, the 2014 movie with uh, Jamie Foxx and Rose Byrne and... Kavanjane Wallace. That one. <laughs> wow. And Cameron Diaz. Wow, I forgot she's in that too. Oh, I, I bring back an all-star guest and we, and I tortured him with it. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to it. Yes! It's going to happen. It ha- it's going to happen. It's going to be great. We're going to love it. All right. Okay. So we got on our horses last time. Shady, I found some pirates that are going to take us to Hortensia or Valencia. I don't know. We're going to go on a pirate ship. Let's go. Let's do it. Arg, bye everyone. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.